I want to encourage you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. This year, I have prayed that the Lord would allow me personally to have encounters with the Lord Jesus. I have prayed that he would allow us as a church to have encounters with Jesus himself personally. And when I think about that, when I think about these encounters that we can have, obviously for those of us who are believers who have already accepted Christ as our Savior, we have trusted him by faith, he is living in our lives, it is a refreshing, even somewhat cleansing aspect to encounter Jesus again in our lives. Jesus did not save us to leave us, but Jesus saved us to walk with us and to demonstrate his power daily in our lives. Oh, and by the way, he is powerful. He has the power to cleanse us. He has the power to refresh us. He has the power to work in our lives every day for those of us who are saved. For those who are not saved, he continues to have the power to bring them into a grace relationship with him. And I want you to hear this this morning as we come to Luke chapter 5, and as we're reminded by this simple yet powerful little narrative of how Jesus has the power. Oh, again, if Jesus had the power then, Jesus has the power now, right? So when I look at Luke 5 and I see the power of Jesus, I am reminded that it is the power that we have right now in our lives. It is the power for refreshment and cleansing in who we are. Look, if you will, Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. And it happened... When he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately. Get that word. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Again, this is just a, a little narrative that has been, uh, it has been placed here in Holy Scripture. Just... One of the many, many stories of healing, many stories of Jesus' power that we see in the Gospels. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of like sometimes we read through these little narratives because we have heard so much about Jesus' power, about Jesus' healing. We just kind of go on maybe to some that are more celebrated, maybe some that are more recognized, and we skip over these little nuggets here. But I want this morning to kind of draw your attention here, and I want to show you the cleansing power of Jesus. And I want to show you and highlight this morning that Jesus is one who can make us clean physically. I mean, obviously, this is a healing story, right? I mean, this is a healing narrative. This tells us about Jesus' power to heal physically. He comes into a city and he encounters this guy. We don't know his name, but this guy who is full of leprosy. Now, Leprosy in the New Testament, it could speak to all kinds of different issues. It basically would define any type of disease that affected the skin. 
any type of skin disease you could think of. It could be something as like psoriasis or it could be full-blown like leprosy where the flesh is, is, is deteriorating because of what is going on in the body. So it could refer to all kinds of different skin diseases. Here in this scripture, I believe it's talking about the full-blown. It talks about the full of leprosy. In other words, this guy had, had reached a point to where he was in a hopeless and a hapless situation. Again, all kinds of different sicknesses, all kinds of different stories were given of how Jesus works in people's lives. Here's just one. A guy that's full of leprosy. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see people that have a multitude of problems. Jesus has all these opportunities to heal. Why? Because there's so much sickness. Jesus has all these opportunities to show power, to show his power. Why? Because there are so many diseases. I mean, you and I don't have to be told that, right? We live in a sick world today. When I was... Um, uh, some years ago, and Ainsley was a little smaller. She's my younger, or my youngest child. When she was a little bit younger, uh, she used to tell people that I was a medical doctor. <laughs> what she'd tell people at school and everything else. I, I got wind of this uh, through some mutual friends that she was going around telling people that I was a physician. And I said, Really? And, you know, I began talking to her about it. Well, one, all she knew was people called me Dr. Reggie. And number two, I stayed at the hospital all the time. <laughs> so it just computed that if I'm a doctor and I'm at the hospital, I must be a medical doctor. I must be a physician. That's what she believed for a, a long time. I'm not sure she's totally convinced what I do now. But anyway, for a long time, that's what she believed and she would tell other people. Well, I think about that. You know, I, I go to the hospital a lot. A lot of our staff, we go a lot. We see people. I mean, just as the New Testament uh, was written in a sick world, today we minister in a sick world. Jesus encountered people that were physically broken. He would see people that had all types of disease. Here's a leper. It's just one of the many things that he would confront in his ministry. And again, there are all kinds of things today. Uh, this morning, as I was getting ready, I was looking at my phone, uh, and I, would, I saw where someone had texted me and said that they had fallen last night. They had broken their shoulder. I got a text about a surgery that's happening tomorrow, orthopedic surgery. I know tomorrow we have uh, one of our members that's having a, a valve uh, replacement. We know other people this week that will be facing possible back surgery or maybe some other type of issue. Listen, almost everybody in this room has been affected by something called cancer. It may be in our families or in our friends, but cancer has impacted so many different people. And I want to say to you today that as we think about all these different issues that we face in the world, physically especially, the sickness, uh, all the things that come against us, this is nothing new. It is something that even Jesus confronted in the New Testament. And here in this passage, we are reminded that Jesus does see the multitude, but Jesus also sees the one. That he is concerned and compassionate about the one. 
You know, Jesus' ministry, he would see all kinds of people. Crowds would press up against him, as we talked about last week or so. They would, they would press in. And earlier in this chapter, it talks about how Jesus was teaching and how the people would come because they wanted to hear him. They wanted to see his power. So there were multitudes. Even as we read this morning, verse 15, there would be those people who would come, the multitudes. And I'm grateful that God can see all the crowd. But I'm especially grateful that he can see the one. I'm especially grateful that he's concerned about the one. Now the leper comes up to him, and it's kind of one of those moments. It's like, behold. Did you get that in the scripture? It's kind of like, boom, there he is. Like he's going around the city. There are so many different people. As he's approaching the city, perhaps, the leper just, boom, he's there. And Jesus doesn't dismiss him. Jesus doesn't say, well, you know, I got, I got an event I got to get to. There's several different people. There are a lot of crowds that are looking for me, and I've got to go speak and do my thing. No, Jesus stops. He hears the faith of this one. Aren't you proud that Jesus can see past the multitude and he can see the one? Man, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that when I go to him... It's not, I, I'm not impressing him because I bring with me crowds. I'm, in, I'm just coming before him and he's concerned about me because he knows who I am. He knows everything about me. He knows all my needs. And, he, and, and get this, the God of heaven loves me. You and I should recognize that he is concerned not just about the multitude, but he's concerned about the one. How many stories in the gospels do we see where it's one or two. It, these moments where the power of God will be demonstrated in people's lives, maybe through a physical healing, maybe through some other aspect, but he will interact one-on-one -on -one with people. And he will show his love and his concern. We don't know, as I said, the name of this leper, but I believe Jesus knew his name. And in some sense, because we don't have a name, he represents all of us, this leper, as he comes to Jesus. And Jesus saw him and heard his heart and touched him and brought healing to him. I want you to know this year in 2020 that Jesus has all authority over physical disease and sickness. I want you to hear that. Because there are going to be a lot of times in people's lives this year that you're going to experience all kinds of news, of issues, of things coming at you. And you need to know as you go through each and every day, you should never doubt it that Jesus has the authority over every sickness and over every disease. And that he can bring cleansing physically. Did you hear what the leper said? The leper said, if you are willing. The leper was not... He was not concerned whether or not Jesus had the power. He knew Jesus had the power. It wasn't a matter of faith or not. He had faith. He knew that Jesus had the power. He even referred to him as Lord. Now, I know some commentators would say, well, that word Lord can be used as sir. So it was just like he was being respectful. Well, on this side of the event, this side of where Dr. Luke wrote to us, there's no doubt in our mind or my mind that in that address, at least, 
at least it is inferred that Jesus is the Lord over these things. That he is the Lord. That he has control and he has authority. And, and then it says again in verse 13, immediately. I love that word. Mark is the one that usually uses it if you read the Gospels. But here Luke uses it to emphasize Jesus' power and authority over physical disease. Immediately. And not only through the word immediately, but also through the verb left. Because in the, in the tense of that verb, it means something like this. It decisively left him. If I were back at Blue Mountain and Dr. Bain was going through those Greek classes, he would say, Reggie, you know that is a decisive type of verb. That, that's one of those verbs that it just means it happened and it happened in completeness. So immediately and decisively, the leprosy left. <laughs> Here's a guy that's had all these issues with his skin. All, all of the diseased parts of his hands and his arms, his legs. And then all of a sudden, boom. Can you imagine? He must have felt like he was at some convention somewhere where they were giving out all kinds of these uh, things to make your, your skin smooth. Some oil of Olay maybe somewhere along the way. Some, what is that, Rodan and Fields kind of stuff. No, 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 I forgot you got to go down to the Dead Sea and get some of those minerals like old Cleopatra used. It would have been some of that Ahava kind of stuff. He's like, man, look at me. I have been transformed. I have been cleansed. I had all these problems. They were everywhere, and they are gone. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the power of Jesus as it was demonstrated over this physical issue? Jesus cleansed him. His body was cleansed from all of those sores, all of those issues. Jesus cleansed. My folks, my, my friends, Jesus still cleanses today. Jesus still heals today. You don't, you don't believe me? You don't believe me? Just a moment ago, there was a guy named Wayne Causey who took up an offering. Just how many days ago, Wayne, you had that valve put in? About eight, nine, it was a Friday a week ago, whatever it was. It's hard for me, a Mississippi boy, to figure out all that that quickly. And Pam, I text Graham to make sure I was okay with this. But I don't know if you noticed this, but Pam Morris was in this orchestra today. Yeah? Some of you may not know these people, but let me just tell you what. It is God's healing grace and mercy upon their lives that they're able to do what they're doing. Our God heals. You never forget that. 
You never forget that. See, we read this and say, oh, yeah, he, he healed another leper. You know, he, I mean, he healed a lot of lepers during his ministry. He healed another one. No, he healed this one as he looked at him and showed his power in his life. And you know what? This is the same Jesus that, as I said, had power then that has power now to heal people, to cleanse them, to cleanse them physically. I am convinced that for the believer, physical healing is God's will one way or the other. I'm convinced. Some of you say, now, hold on, hold on, Reggie. You sound like one of those faith healers all of a sudden. I understand that Jesus is able to heal in his own time, in his own way, over any kind of issue that we face. I believe that it's up to his, his will as far as how he heals us. I do not forget what Paul said to us. Remember Paul, who if anybody you would think had a straight line to the will of God, he said he prayed, what, three times for the thorn in the flesh to be removed from him. Three times, that's what he said. And what God said, my grace is sufficient. In other words, no, Paul, I'm not going to remove it. Not here at this point, but my grace will get you through. My grace is sufficient. I'm not saying to you that every one of us as believers will experience just this dramatic healing here, the physical healing. I believe God could, and I believe God can. I believe that when I walk into a hospital room. I believe that when I go into a person's house that is struggling. I believe that God can bring healing right now in his own will, in his own time. But for a believer, listen... For a believer, healing will come one way or the other. Whether you are heal, healed here on this earth or you are healed when God calls you home. God spoke to me just in the last few days. Actually, Leslie told me, she said, Reggie, you ought to watch this video. And I said, what, what kind of video is that? And she said, well, this is the funeral service. For Miss Lois Evans. Now, for me, Tony Evans was, is one of the greatest preachers that we have seen in our lifetime. I so admire him from a distance, and I so enjoy to hear him preach and see his work. But many of you know that Tony Evans' wife passed away just recently. And her son, Jonathan, gave a eulogy during that service, or a message during that service in which he communicated. And some of you may have seen it. If you haven't, I encourage you to watch all of it. it the video has gone viral as he discusses his discouragement in some sense with God and his response. Because Jonathan talked about how, you know, people were praying. People were praying everywhere and said, God, you know, here this would have been such a time to demonstrate your victories, to demonstrate your power, because all of the church is praying, the local church, but so many others were praying. And God, if we'd just seen you heal in such a way. And then Jonathan Evans said this. He said, God really spoke to him and really challenged him. And Jonathan Edwards' word, or Jonathan Evans' words there was always only two answers to your prayer, God said to him. There are always only two answers to your prayer. Either she was going to be healed 
or she was going to be healed. The two answers to your prayer is yes and yes. Because victory belongs to Jesus. And for the believer, it is healing here or it is healing there. It is not either healing will take place for the believer one way or the other. Jesus has the power to cleanse. He has the power to cleanse physically. And there's some of us that need a physical touch. There's some of us in 2020 that need a physical touch in our own body or we need a physical touch in our family, our friends. And I say to you again that when you come to the encounter Jesus, you encounter his power over all physical barriers. But what's great about this is that it's not just the physical cleansing that you can experience. It is the mental and psychological cleansing. Some of you looked at me so strange then. You said, oh no, now you are dabbling in some type of uh, psych psychological counseling or preaching this morning. No. I just want to point out a couple of things to you here in the Scripture. First of all, just the idea of having sickness and leprosy. Do you not know how it affects the mind? How it affects the emotions? How the anguish and the pain that you may feel physically is also felt mentally. And for the leper, I can't imagine just having the issue itself, just the illness itself. Those who have gone through cancer treatments, those who have gone through surgeries, those who have gone through all kinds of medical treatments, all those things, they affect you. And they affect you mentally. They affect you psychologically. But Jesus has a way of cleansing us, cleansing our minds. Hey, maybe it's best seen in the scripture to speak about the social alienation, the social isolation, and how that had affected the leper. What do you mean? Well, if you look at the book of Leviticus, you will see that those who experienced such skin disease, those who had leprosy, that they were removed from the community. They were removed from the community of faith. They had to keep a distance. They had to be isolated. They had to be alienated from the community. Just being, being alone. So here this leper, you say, well, it's in the city. I don't know exactly how this happened. Maybe Jesus was approaching. They had heard, he had heard about Jesus. All I know is he is somewhat removed from the community of faith. Any leper would have been. Think about that anguish of being removed from the community of faith. I think I shared with some of you before, but, you know, I went to, I went to kindergarten uh, just for a morning class. Back, I'm old, okay? I'm realizing that now. And uh, kindergarten back then was divided into morning class and afternoon class, right? So I went to the morning class, and that's where I met Leslie. I think I've showed, told you that before. The brown-eyed girl there in class with me was Leslie, and we met in kindergarten, and we developed this love. And all, No, not really, but you can say, oh, anyway, all right? And that's kind of sweet. When I was 
there in kindergarten, I had a teacher called, uh, named Miss Black. I love Miss Black. She was awesome. She was the love of my life for the first, I don't know, uh, five or six years of my school existence. I still love Miss Black. She was the one who took care of me, Miss Black. She was awesome. But one day, one day, I decided it was best for me to go take my nap under a table. Kind of to get away from everybody. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, isn't it blessed days of kindergarten when you could take a nap? <laughs> See, I think everything we learned, we learned in kindergarten. Everything we needed to learn was in kindergarten. We still need to take naps these days. But I went over and I took a little nap under the table. And I woke up. And there wasn't anybody there. I was by myself. Nobody was in the trailer. I, I come over. I'm like looking for people like, where's Miss Black? The love of my life left me. Where is she? Nobody else. There, there, I'm by myself. I start beating on the door. I'm just like beating and probably a little bit upset trying to get out of that place. And then in just a few minutes, I'll never forget. I mean, I was just a kindergarten, but I'll never forget the door. I heard somebody start moving. I moved back, and the door opened, and there was Miss Black, Mr. McNutt, my principal, and all of the students, like, just standing there like, who is this, and what is he doing in this room? I remember, like, I have life now. I am free. Of course, I never really got an answer on why they forgot me. But, <laughs> man, that's still, st I, I, Leslie says it scarred me. <laughs> Obviously, if I'm still talking about it, I've got some issues pent up somewhere. I used, I wrote a essay about it when I was in college. I did this and this. Yes, I did. I've been trying to get it out of my system and I still can't. Because this day, I can't stand being alone. I can't stand it. And let's, let me tell you that. I don't like to be by myself. I like to be around people. But listen, here, the leper was alone. He didn't have anybody else. Nobody else wanted to be around a leper. He was out of the community. Nobody wanted to be there with him. Can you imagine the mental anguish that he had? Can you imagine how he struggled? And yet here's Jesus, and Jesus not only comes and speaks to him and communicates to him like he's a real person, he actually touches him. Jesus touches the untouchable. You were not supposed to touch the leper. You might get something, but he touched the leper. And I believe that Jesus brought cleansing to this leper's mind, to his soul. He brought cleansing. The incarnate Jesus came close, and he touched the life of the broken. And this Jesus that we serve today is the one who still touches the lives of the broken all around us. He is the one to extend peace. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Jesus said, you go show yourself to the priest. Right? The, peace, the priests were like the health inspectors of the day. They were the ones who would look and see if you were okay, if you were clean, if you could go back. And he was brought back into the community of faith. Let me say to some of you today that 
you may feel like you are outside the community. You may feel like that you have been ostracized in some way because of whatever has gone on in your life. Luke, when he writes his gospel, he emphasizes the ministry to the outcast. Maybe today you feel like you're just kind of out and mentally you're struggling. I say to you, Jesus is encouraging you. Jesus is speaking to you. Jesus is calling you back into the community of faith. He wants to restore you and cleanse your mind in such a way to bring you back to find a place. So see, that's the reason I love the church so much, I think, is because I know I'm not alone in this work and I'm not alone in the brokenness. There are a bunch of us who are broken sitting around this sanctuary and sitting there in that gathering. And those of us who are broken and we've gone through issues, we know what it's like to be able to have people gather around us. And we also know what it's like for us to gather around others. It is in the community of faith you find the love and acceptance and the warmth of worship and the warmth of relationships. It is within the community of faith you say, hey, I'm not alone. Jesus cleansed. Jesus cleansed the leper physically. Jesus cleansed the leper mentally and psychologically. But Jesus also, in some sense, I think, cleansed this leper spiritually. We live in a sick world. Why? Because we live in a sinful world. We live in a sick world because we live in a fallen world. Now, let me say this clearly. I did not say that specific sickness is, is necessarily correlated to your specific sin. I did not say that. I, I know what the Jews thought in the New Testament time. They thought if you were sick, you must have done something wrong or somebody did something wrong. Jesus pushed back against that false theology very much. So I'm not saying that just because you're sick, it is because of a specific sin in your life. Sin can cause sickness. It can cause a lot of things. But I'm not saying that your specific sickness is due to a specific sin. But what I want to say to you is that sickness is a shadow of something that is deeper. Sickness in the sick world in which we live reminds us that there is fallenness and brokenness. You would not have found somebody with cancer in the Garden of Eden. You would not have found somebody that was needing a heart valve replacement in the Garden of Eden. You, were, you would not have ever heard of leprosy in the Garden of Eden. So what happened? Sin entered this world. And when sin entered this world, it wreaked havoc upon everything. You don't miss it that every day we live in a fallen world and the, and the sin has had its consequences. Because of the common lot of sin, we have seen so much. But healing is a reversal of those sin, of sin's consequences. Even if it's just for a moment, we see what it should have been like. What it should have been like. God's intention. The subsequent accounts that you'll find, the paralytic in the next few verses, and, uh, and continued on throughout Luke's gospel and the other gospels, will remind us that what we see in Jesus healing physically is a, is a demonstration of what Jesus can do spiritually. 
how he can bring spiritual healing and cleansing. And today I still believe he spiritually cleanses us when we come to him. We say, Lord, if you're willing, Lord, and I believe the Lord is always willing. When we have a faithful, repentant heart as we come before him, he is always willing to cleanse us spiritually. And by his wounds, we are healed. Not just physically, spiritually. I love the way Jesus said, hey, now, you go tell the priest, but don't be saying a whole lot about this right now. Well, obviously, they were Baptists. They couldn't keep their mouths shut, right? <laughs> we call this in the gospel the messianic secret because Jesus was not ready to reveal himself fully of who he was. So he said, just don't say anything right now. Obviously, there will come a time when he will say, go, therefore, <laughs> and make disciples. We know that. But they go out, and they begin to tell people. Now, Jesus did make the remark that when you show yourself to the priest, let them see you, and it will be a testimony to them. A testimony to them. What does that mean? I, I think specifically to the priest, those who are people that are versed in the law, and they're the ones who are the health inspectors, when they see this for themselves, hopefully they will begin to understand who Jesus is. That he is that promised one. That he is the Messiah. That he is, maybe they'll begin to see. They should have. And it is a testimony. Hey, I know this, that when we read through the Scripture today and we see his work like this in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, when we see this, we should be reminded, yep, Jesus is exactly who he said he was. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Lord. When we read this, we should know that. And we should know also that he can deal not only with our physical and psychological issues, but he deals with even a deeper issue, and that is our spiritual issue. The removal of sin or the forgiveness of sin. The removal of sin will happen when we stand before him one day in heaven. The total removal of sin from our experience and who we are and what's going on. But even before then, what we experience is a cleansing. A cleansing. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, then you, uh, then you can feel, hopefully, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you can feel the stain upon your spirit and your soul. I know I could when I was lost, especially when God brought conviction through the Holy Spirit into my life. I saw I was messed up. But I also knew that the power of God was to be able to cleanse my spirit and my soul. We sang that old hymn here in the sanctuary a few moments ago about power being in the blood. And power is still in the blood to save people. But not just save people, but keep us in the fellowship. The fellowship of Him. What does 1 John say? 1 John says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now there I think He's talking to believers. What does it mean? You get saved again? Nope, I was saved one time. I can tell you where I was saved, and because of that, 
I know that I'm a child of God and that I stand in right relationship with him. I believe that. Positionally, I stand in the right place. But there are times in my life where I can mess up. I can do my own thing. I don't have to get saved again, but you know what I have to do? I have to come back and I have to say, God, I'm sorry about this. Just like your dad, your, when, when you have to come back to your dad or you had to, he was always dad, but you have to come back and say, Dad, I'm sorry. You have to come back and say, I'm sorry. Confess your sin. And you know what? He cleanses you. He cleanses us. And he puts us back in right fellowship with him. In 2020, I believe there are going to be some moments. There may be some moments right now in your life where you say, man, I need new cleansing. I need to stay in the right fellowship with him. I've done my own thing, but I need to come back. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So today you can have a new cleansing. Listen to this. The power of Jesus, the encounters we have with him. I, I, I just believe in this place today there's some people, one, that probably need a physical touch. Two, need a mental touch. And no doubt, third, they need a spiritual touch. It's, Jesus is willing. If we would cry out to him, place ourselves before him, he is more than willing to work in our lives, to be able to work in such a way to bring himself glory and to bring to us the good that we are in such need of. Would you hear his word to you? And would you come during this moment of commitment? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for sending Jesus to show us the power, the compassion, the love that you have. And God, no doubt we live in a very difficult world and there's sickness and there's pain around us, there's brokenness. But God, we confess collectively today that you are above every sickness and every pain and every brokenness that we might have. And God, I pray that you bring healing right now to physical areas, but not just that, Lord. I pray this day that you'd bring mental relief to people, the peace that you do promise, Lord, that you would just extend that into people's hearts and lives. That you would allow them to see a community of faith, even here that loves them and that works with them and that challenges and encourages. God, I also pray that you'd work spiritually. God, that you'd do something in our lives. There's some people in this place that need to be saved. God, may they see your salvation today. God, there's some of us who've been saved, but God, we need to see a renewed fellowship with you. God, work in our lives. And we'll give you the honor and the glory. We pray it in Jesus' name.